Hi, my name is Peter Maestri, and you're listening to Divorce the First Six Months. If you are someone who is about to go through a divorce, or maybe you're healing from one, then you're in the right place. This conversation and the stories you're going to listen to focus on people who have gone through a divorce, and more importantly, how they navigated through it. Having said that, let's get right into it. And once I defined that, it was like, you know, you kind of, once you distinguish that, you get power. So I do understand what you're saying, which takes me to acceptance. Acceptance for me was the final nail in the coffin. It was how I was able to release and move on, which, you know, you know, you have the tipping point where you're like one day, one moment, and then all of a sudden you're like, and you can breathe. What was your um, acceptance moment? I remember that clearly too. Like I said, our stuff was like all financial. Mm -hmm. And so we had this like really big kind of like three month period that was trial for our mortgage, like full disclosure, I'm telling you my whole life. Um, But it was the last month of that, which was like, you know, four or five days of lying, 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 lying. The mortgage almost not getting paid, me swooping in again and saving the day and paying the mortgage and I just remember it was that moment where it was like, I have to leave. Like, it's not even like what I want. Like I want it. And that goes back to expectations. Like I wanted him to want to be in this marriage. And it was just, he again was showing himself to me. This is what it will be, Jill. You keep seeing the same behavior. You have to finally acknowledge it and accept it. And for what it is, he's not going to be this person that's going to pay the mortgage on time or pay it at all. And so it was that December, which is what, you know, this December will be five years separated. I remember saying to my sister, I I have to leave, don't I? I have to. And, you know, for the first like six months after, I still didn't really want that. But in that six months too, he kept showing himself again, wasn't doing anything to save the marriage, wasn't doing anything to get us back, wasn't doing anything. And yeah, that was the tipping point. It was like, I, I have to. It wasn't even I want to. It's like, I have no choice at this point. And emotionally, what happens to you when you make that choice? There was such relief in that because I, for years, I mean, this was years in the making. I was actually just talking to my sister about this the other day. It's like, I was so tortured by what to do. I was so happy in this, unhappy in the situation but I didn't know what to do. Like, I didn't know, do I leave? Do I stay? My kids, I don't want them being in a broken home. How could I do this to them? But the marriage is terrible. And I don't want that. Like I stayed stuck in this very tortured place of uncertainty and what to do. And I remember thinking, I'm like, I just wish someone would tell me what the right thing to do was. Like, I wish someone say, here's exactly what you have to do because I had no idea what the right move was. I didn't know if leaving was the right thing. I didn't know if staying and fighting for the marriage was the right thing. I was tortured by this decision of like, what do I do? And somebody please just tell me, like, give me the crystal ball and be like, here's what you do, Jill. And this is what's going to make it okay. Like, and so once it was, the decision was made, like you said, nail in the coffin, there was that relief of like, okay, the decision's been made because I've been, I was tortured over it for years, what to do. It's a big decision to make because it's like, you got to alter your entire reality it's like it's a paradigm shift it's a huge decision and it's not even like it's like letting go of like these hopes and dreams that you had for your life too i think a lot of people stay stuck in that like what they had hoped for for their life and they start to and i did this too like you recreate the reality of the marriage 
because you were like, and you start to mourn what you thought you would have when in, in reality, you never had that. You never had this dream life or family dynamic or the holiday. You didn't have it, but you start to grieve what you thought it should have looked like instead of like the reality of what it was. Yeah. So it's like even leaving, even making that decision, like, I'm making the decision not to have family unit over holidays. I'm making the decision to not have traditions. I'm making the decision not to have family memories. Like it's a tough decision. So what does marriage mean now? Wow. It's a heavy question. Um, partnership for me, I think that's really important. And I don't, and this is the thing, like someone wrote on my Instagram, like, why do you want everybody divorced? I don't want anybody I don't want divorced. Anybody divorced. <laughs> I don't wish this upon anybody, yeah. but the fact remains this happens and yeah. it happens to a lot of people. So why not support these people that are going through one of the most challenging transitions of their life? So I still very much believe in the sh- sanction of marriage. I think it can be a beautiful, wonderful partnership, but I think that's what it needs to be is a partnership. And you have each other's back and you're a unit and you do life together and you're honest and you communicate and you support one another unconditionally and you're rooting for each other. Yeah. 100%. I agree with you. I think that partnership is, is that's what it should be. Instead of saying, Hey, let's get married. It's like, let's get partnership because marriage is this piece of paper and this, all these ideals and the, the storybook Disney esque, which is, you know, it's great, it's beautiful, it's something to aspire to, but the reality is, is that it takes partnership to keep it going every day. I mean, it's a choice and you gotta, you know, there's 24 hours in a day and 24 hours you're creating your marriage. People yeah, in 24 hours you have to choose it. I remember thinking, it's maybe it's a negative shift or maybe not, but I remember thinking marriage was more than a piece of paper, mm-hmm. like before I got married. I was like, oh yeah, no, it's way more than just a piece of paper. And I, and maybe that'll change, but I, I think there's more to marriage than a piece of paper now. And it's all those things that you just said. And it's so much bigger than just having that legal bond. Like there's so much more than just that piece of paper. Yeah. And when two people agree on it, magic, man. Especially yeah, I still believe in it. I still believe in it. Yeah. I still believe that people can have successful marriages and happy marriages. But like you said, it's work 24 hours in a day. You yeah. got to work at it. So you answered my question, which was going to be like, would you do it again? And I guess the answer is yes. So marriage with for- the right person. Yeah. yeah. And this is the thing for me too. And I'm very big on this is never, I'm never going to settle. Like I worked really hard to be happy independently and create a life where I feel independent and secure um, and confident. And until I meet somebody that adds to that, I'm good because I did the married and divorced thing and I don't want to settle for anybody. So yes, I would, but it would have to be a really special person that meets all these things, wants and needs and, and all that. I feel you on that. I can totally relate. Let me ask you this. When that person shows up now, like, do you fabricate that person or do you know? Like, you know, when, when you're in a moment and everything feels great and you don't have to question it, to me, that's when you know. When you just wake up and when you're like, oh my God, this is all great. What is it for you? Like, how, how do you think you're going to know when it happens? 
Like, do you have a checklist that when you go out on a date, are you checking it off? Or <laughs> I break out my checklist. Che- hold on. You're like, hold on. <laughs> Wait a second. Two you know, A is not. You, you haven't fulfilled on two A, but you know what? You got you got one and three C. Not five C. You're good at five C. <laughs> so we'll move on to seven. Um, I have, and this is I talk to women a lot about this. Is I think it's important to know not even just the checklist, like characteristics, but how do you want them to make you feel? Yeah. I think it's important. How do you want to feel about the person? And because I think you could have a piece of paper, but if this person doesn't light you up or doesn't make you want to be a better person or doesn't want you to care, for, like make you want to put them before you and all those things, like it's not your person. So for me, it's more the feeling. How do I feel in it? How do they make me feel? Um, am I, is this person having me show up in this relationship in a way that I want to show up. So some of the work that I do with the women that I work with is we talk about that. Like, how did you show up in your marriage? And what about that? Didn't you like, I know for me, I showed up in my marriage and I'm not a selfish person, but I never put my ex before me. And I don't want to do that in a relationship. I have, I'm a twin and my twin sister is very much about her partner. And he, her partner is always on the top of her mind and she always thinks of him first and we'll be somewhere. And she's like, Oh, I should buy this for him. And I'm like, who? And I remember when I was with my ex, I was like, who thinks like this? Cause I was like, let me do me first. Let me figure out my stuff. Then I'll worry about him. So it's like, think about how you want to show up with that next person. It does that next person make you want to put them first. Are they top of mind for you? So for me, it's more the feeling and how they enable me to show up and how they treat me and how they make me feel than an actual like checklist. Yeah. How, where do the kids come into play with that? I'm a huge tight ass about anyone coming near my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very like, that's the one thing I'm very adamant about. Like no one is to meet my kids. I've only had one person meet my kids and I've been separated for five years. Like to the point that whenever I was dating, I wouldn't even let them hear another man's voice on the phone yeah. because I don't, they don't deserve that. They didn't, they didn't sign up for this. They didn't sign up for this life of being, you know, I don't really like saying broken home anymore. They didn't sign up for the life of, of divorced parents. And so I like I'm a mama bear and I try to protect my kids from as much as I can. And so until it's like the person, then no one meets my kids. <laughs> I agree with you hundred percent. My mom did the same thing with me and I appreciated that. You know, she did her dating, but I, I met very few men. I never heard them on the phone. And it was because that was my relationship with her. And I didn't need another another male figure in the house. And I think that's super important. So, yeah, And there's not like, you know, you do your best to create stability for your kids, but they're still getting, you know, shuffled back and forth and they have two different homes. And so you want to make sure you're creating as, as much stability for them as you can and bringing people in and out of their lives does not allow for that. So I'm very big on, you know, creating stability and not just having like randoms in my kids. I'm like a tight ass with that tight ass with that. Rightfully so. So in the first six months, what was it like being a mom being, you know, separated? What were some of the emotions that you went through and what are, what is some of the advice that you can give to somebody that was in your shoes or about to be in your shoes? 
it was, it was really, really challenging. My kids were very young. Um, my youngest was not even one when I left and my older guy was two, two and a half. So it was really hard. And I think when you're emotionally drained and upset, it's, very hard to show up for your kids. You do, right? You, you go into this other like gear because that's what you do as a parent is you show up for them, even when you're hurting. Um, what I would say to my younger self at that time is like, give yourself grace. Like you're doing the best you can show up for them and love them, love and support them. Because I was worried about like, who's got to be here. Who's going to be there. Who's going to daycare. Who, what do I have to pay for? And I remember like, and I didn't do that for long, but I remember feeling like I wasn't fully engaged in like the things that I should have, like the big moments. And so I think, you know, be invested in them in a way that you're showing up and are engaged and just love them. Like you're so worried about how they're going to turn out. And I remember being super focused on their behaviors. Like, Oh God, is that because we're separated? And Oh God, is that because we're getting divorced or they're in different homes? And I was hyper-focused on their behavior and probably very short with them. I think just love them, love them and like spend time with them and not, you know, this is like a downfall of mine. I remember I can picture myself like running around the house doing a million things. Cause you got to get everything taken care of. I'm like, just sit and read a book with them. Like the, the, the laundry, the house, the stuff will get taken care of at some point. Like I think it's critical in that first time. I mean, those, especially those first six months, when the dynamic has shifted and they're in two different homes that you really, really spend time with them. All the other stuff can wait. If they go to their dads, then you do all the other adult stuff that you need to do, the cleaning, the laundry, the grocery shopping, but really spend time with them and just be with them. What about conversation? Do you talk about the situation? Do you answer their questions? Do you talk to them like an adult or do you talk to them like children when they ask? If they ask, um, I'm very big about talking to my kids as not adults, but I've never baby, even when my kids are babies, I never baby talk to them. I talk to them straight. Like I talk to them, like I would talk to you. Yeah. That's always been important for me. Um, they never, cause they were so young. My little guy literally knows no different. He was 11 months when we separated. So he's never really asked any questions. And as far as it would go, it was like, Oh, are we at daddy's this weekend or with you? And it's very matter of fact for him really, because it's all he knows. My older guy still, he was very young too. He was two and a half. Once he started to go to school, that's when things came up because I think he started to notice that parents live together. Mm-hmm. So he would, some of the questions that would come up would be like, well, why do you and daddy not live together? And I would tell him, like, mommy, daddy, love you very much. But sometimes mommy and daddies are are better off living separately. But we love you and we care about you. And those kind of conversations, not much further than that. And I don't say anything about their father. Like, you know, I if daddy called, daddy's on the phone. Like, they'll find out on their own who he is. That's not my place to do that. Um, but if they ever came to me down the road and asked, they were older I'm gonna be honest with them I'm very very big on honesty like I was lied to my entire marriage like I will never lie to my kids I they don't there's certain details they don't need to know but I'm not gonna sugarcoat anything so when those moments come I'll be honest and have real conversations with them 
And I think, unfortunately, they're going to learn on their own without me having to say anything. And I think kids deserve to know if they ask questions. I think it's our job as parents to be honest. This conversation started because someone challenged me to be vulnerable. So I'm challenging you. Share yourself and your story. Be courageous. Be vulnerable. It makes a difference.